Amen. The NVBS this week can hear all our children shouting the top of their lungs, God is good, was a blessing as we realize the word of truth is being trusted into their little lives. And God is so faithful. This evening we will be having a driving service. We encourage you to invite your family and friends at 6 o'clock as we join out on the parking lot in the open air. And we thank you for supporting that service this evening. My wife will say we thank you for your prayers. And many times as pastors, you're dealing with everyone else's family and we don't have time to deal with our own. But we want you to pray for my wife and also pray for my brother this morning is in desperate need of the Lord. And uh, early this morning I was awakened again and uh, he needs the Lord. His life is in a mess and in a crisis at this moment. And I want you to pray that God will just break into his life. And I know that he will. Genesis chapter 42. We're turning to Genesis chapter 42. Would you stand reverence for the reading of his word? Genesis chapter 42, and it's, it's a bit of a lengthy scripture reading this morning, but we have to read it in order to get the basis of our message. We're reading from Genesis chapter 42, beginning to read at verse 1. When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you just keep looking at each other? He continued, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us, so that we may live and not die. The ten of Jacob, Joseph's brothers, went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brothers, with the other, because he was afraid that harm might come to him. So Israel's sons were among those who went to buy grain, for the famine was in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the one who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, and he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them and said, Where did you come from? He asked. From the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Then he remembered his dreams about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come here to this land, to our land, and is unprotected. No, my lord, they answered, your servants have come to buy food. We are all the sons of one man, your servant. Servants are honest men, not spies. No, he said to them, you have come to see where our land is unprotected. But they replied, your servants were twelve brothers, the son of one man, who's, who lives in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with our father, and one is no more. Joseph said to them, it is just as I have told you, you are spies. But this is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless your younger brother comes here. Send one of your number to get your brother. The rest of you will be kept in prison so that your words may be tested to see if you are telling the truth. If you are not, then as surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. And he put them all in custody for three days. The third day, Joseph said to them, Do this and you will live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in prison while the rest of you go and take grain back to your starving households. But you must bring your youngest brother to me so that the words may be verified that you may not die. This they proceeded to do. They said to one another, Surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life. But we would not listen. That's why this distress has come upon us. Reuben replied, Didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? But you would not listen. Now we must give an account of his blood. They did not realize that Joseph could understand them since he was using an interpreter. He turned away from them and began to weep. 
But then he turned back and spoke to them. He had Simeon taken from them bound before their eyes. Now I want to turn over to Genesis chapter 45. Genesis chapter 45, we're going to read a few verses here. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried, Cause every man to go out from me, and there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians of the house of Pharaoh heard. Joseph said to his brethren, I am Joseph, do my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And, I, and they came near. He said, I am Joseph, your brother, who you sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years had the famine been in the land, and there are yet five more years, and in which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And, the, and God sent me before you to preserve you, and that you may stand above the earth to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was that you sent me here, but God hath made me be a father to Pharaoh, the Lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Down to verse 13. And tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that you've seen, and ye shall haste and bring down my father here. And he fell upon Benjamin's neck, and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. And the, and the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brothers are come. And it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. Verses 21, verse 22 of chapter 42. They said to one another, Surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded for his life. And we would not listen. Now this distress is come upon us. Chapter 45, verse 15. And then he kissed all his brethren and wept over them. Afterwards, his brothers talked with him. The title of the message this morning is The Pain of Unconfessed Sin. The Pain of Unconfessed him. Can we bow in God's presence, Heavenly Father? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. The pain of one confessing. We are living in a day and age where the word sin has been taken from our vocabulary. Not only has it been taken from our vocabulary, but Pentecostal believers want it taken from the vocabulary of the church. How in the world can we ever talk about sin? Well, I want to remind you this morning that we serve the character of God that is grace. And so we should preach on grace. God is love, and so we should preach on love. God is forgiving and merciful, long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. But God is also a God of justice that requires men and women to repent of their sins. In today's society, we have, a, we have two groups of people. Now, thankfully, the majority of Deer Lake is where you should be. We have one group that all they want to talk about is the character of God's love. And so we should. And that's all they want to talk about. 
repent of our sins. Well, Pastor, do you really believe it? Yes, I do. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts that at times before God beat that sin, but now He commands men everywhere to repent. In this portion of Scripture, we are brought face to face with a reality that sin can be in our lives unconfessed and unbrought before God and can be there for years and we're living as though nothing has ever happened. There comes a point in all of our lives where we need to move from where we are into the grace and mercy of God and get rid of our sin and confess our sin. As we, as we move into this story, we will see that a worldwide famine had struck the region. The situation was dire. The people were starving. The only country that had food was Egypt. And that was because God's hand had been on Joseph to reveal the meaning of the dream. Now starving people from other lands were making their way into Egypt because God had told Joseph in a dream, there is going to be seven years of famine. You need to store away enough so that you will not die of starvation. Joseph then began the process of preparing for an awful day upon the land of Egypt and Canaan and the surrounding areas. Meanwhile, as we are watching this this morning, the Spirit-directed camera of the Holy Spirit looms and leaves Egypt and adjusts its zoom on the land of Canaan. Back in the place of Joseph's childhood, which he was forced to leave over 20 years ago, Joseph's brothers and father's father was not doing well. Joseph, Jacob rather, heard about food in Egypt. Jacob, now an aged man, still grieving over the death of his son Joseph, has Benjamin from his beloved wife, and he looks at his boys, and he says, I hear, and this is my paraphrase, I hear there are lots of food in the land of Egypt. We need to go to that land so that we don't die here in Canaan of starvation. Now remember, these brethren had already planned the funeral for Joseph. They had brought his bloody coat. They had dipped it in the blood of an animal. And they had said to their father, your son is dead. There are no remains to bury, but he has been eaten by a wild animal. For over 20 years, they continued to conceal the lie of their sin. And every time their aged father wept and cried, they continued to conceal their sin and their lie. Not at any moment did they say, Father, we need to confess something to you and to God. We were very disobedient to the commands of God. And we sold our brother into slavery. And we lied said that he has died and this blood is the blood his blood and the blood of a wild animal i want to say this morning that every individual has a conscience there is something embedded in the hearts of men and women that they have a conscience how many of you have had children they weren't very old before you realized they had a conscience amen, amen. and i will look at one of my boys and say what did you do and all of a sudden the conscience would come out in a one and a half year old boy because they knew they had put their brother in the dryer, locked the door, and walked away. Oh my blessings. That's a twin thing. The conscience of man. Matter of fact, even dumb animals. We had a dog for almost 
And even that poor little dog had somewhat of a conscience. All I'd have to say, Benji, what did you do? And his tail would go between his legs and into the kennel and go and stay there until he knew I was okay. Well, I want to say this morning, you can argue all you want. There is a conscience that has been imprinted in humanity that makes them realize there are things that are wrong and there are things that are right. We give in to temptation. So everybody has a conscience. The reflective part of the mind, it has largely to do with the past, but it can deal with the future that we may project how we feel if we do this or that. But mainly, conscience reflects over our past. Our conscience is responsible for our happiness or our unhappiness. For in the end, each person has to live with themselves. I can write a book and my wife can concur of people that have called me to their palliative care rooms. Some of them have called for prayer, but I have been called far too many times as a pastor, and they thought I was a priest, and they wanted to confess their sins. One situation I can tell you this morning, I remember being called to a room in a church that we pastored, a woman dying of cancer, wasn't my parishioner, but she had members of her family in my congregation, and I would visit her regularly. While she was dying, a word came to me, Pastor, so-and-so is demanding to see you privately. I made my way to the hospital, into her room, and I stayed over her bed. When she began to confess to me an affair that had happened 35, 40 years before, and the daughter was not the daughter of her husband, and I would have to help her tell her husband and her daughter. She said, I cannot die with this troubled conscience. I have kept it for years, but I cannot die without confessing it to God and confessing it to my family. There are those who try to conceal our sin. We think we have done a great job with concealing what we have done. But I want to remind you this morning, your wife may not know, your husband may not know, your employer may not know, your employee may not know, but God knows this morning. He knows your heart, He knows your mind, He knows your soul, and God knows what you've done. And when I confess, I don't confess to man, I confess to God. So in this scripture, we are brought face to face with a man and men that tried to conceal what they had done. Number one, I want to talk about the troubled conscience. Do you see what's happening to their conscience? Here they are. They have left the younger brother back home. They are now before the magistrate, the prime minister, the ruler of the greatest nation in the then known world. It was a rich nation. It had plenty of food, plenty of gold. It had everything that the human mind could desire. And now they are standing before the Prime Minister. Joseph was not recognized for a number of reasons. He was dressed in Egyptian garb. That would have been a long robe. It would have been a long headpiece that would have come down over his head. All would have been revealed was his face and his eyes. He's now 22 years older than when he was sold as a slave into Egypt. He's speaking Egyptian. He is not speaking Hebrew. He's speaking Egypt. There is an interpreter by him. So they think this is an Egyptian. He can't understand what we're saying because there is an interpreter by him telling him what we are saying. So they had no reason to believe that this was Joseph whatsoever. But their conscience becomes troubled. Do you see as they begin to talk to one another? This is because of what we did to our brother Joseph. This morning you may think you have concealed your sin. 
I may think I am concealed by sin, but the only way to live a powerful, effective, fruitful, preaching life with the gospel of Jesus Christ is one who has cast their soul at the feet of the cross, confessed their sin, and risen to walk in newness of life. The troubled conscience. Moving quickly this morning. The moment that we that they were questioned by Joseph. Their conscience was pricked and they remembered the pain of the past sin. Now I don't believe that we should be living in past sin if we've confessed it. Too many of you are coming to church this morning still living in your past sin. If you've confessed it to God and those you've hurt, you leave it under the blood of Christ and don't talk about it no more. But there are those like Joseph's brothers who have concealed their sin, who have hurt people, and have allowed it to continue. And one lie leads to another lie. Amen? All of a sudden we say there's only a one lie. There is no such thing as a one lie. It's either a lie or it's not a lie. Therefore, the painful memory of the past. They were plagued with the hurtful action they had done so many years ago. Many times people may confess sin and look as though they are really concerned about what they've done. I see too many people and preachers on television, and you can share their messages if you want. But I'm going to tell you right now, too many of them have been with prostitutes and women and committed adultery, and the only reason they ever confessed is because a letter was sent to the general superintendent of their denomination. And when they were found out, then they confessed, ripped up their credentials, walked out of their denomination, and said, I'll do just what I want to do. That is not repentance, sir. Love me this morning? Repentance is a humbleness of spirit. One who says, I have done wrong, and I'm confessing not only because a letter has been written to my denominational leaders. I am confessing because this is against God, and I submit to your leadership as the head, as the head of the church in that God has put into this world. Therefore, these men did not confess because there was a letter given. They did not confess because there were pictures taken. They did not confess because Facebook revealed it. They did not confess because somebody spread it. They confessed because their conscience was troubled. There is a difference, sir. Their conscience was genuinely troubled by the Spirit of God. They looked at a man that they thought was an Egyptian. This was their brother. And then all of a sudden, it begins to flood their hearts. We have done wrong against God. We have done wrong against our brother. Look what we've done. And we've lived as though nothing is wrong. And we are okay. Now hear me this morning. You say, Pastor, you're out of harsh. Listen, I love you too much this morning to let people think we can live in our sin. We can cover up hurts. We can betray our wives and our husbands and our children, our employees and our neighbors. And we can go on living as though nothing is wrong. Hear me. Unconfessed sin will eat you out. Unconfessed sin will cause you health problems. Unconfessed sin will give you headaches. But I'll tell you what confessed sin will do. It will bring the peace of God. I'm getting excited. I'm, I'm, I'm. Now hear me this morning. The peace of God will give you joy. The peace of God will give you strength. The peace of God will give you harmony in your soul. Too many today are not living in harmony, peace, and joy because we have not dealt with things that we need to deal with. And this is true in this scripture this morning. Now we know that this was confession because they did not know the ruler they were standing before was Joseph. They did not know that this ruler could understand what was being said. 
because he was using an interpreter. So they were troubled at their conscience. They were so moved with the situation that they talked among themselves. And their whole being was troubled. Moving quickly this morning, Reuben's words showed that they believed that Joseph was dead. Or sometimes we tell a lie so many times we believe it's true. Some of you, some of you kind of tried this thing. By the time you tell your, your neighbors this thing, and after three years you come to believe it's true because you told it so many times. Whether these men really believed Joseph had died at the hands of the media, Midianites, or, or whether he had died some other way, or else they have told the story so many times they believed it. We're not sure. But they believed in their heart that he was dead. But our conscience is sure to awaken, though it may slumber long. There is a penalty to sin, and though the deed may seem dead and buried, the judge is well alive, and our deeds are all recorded, and God knows the heart of man and woman. The fact of the matter is, where we have unconfessed sin, there will always be miseries associated with an awakened conscience. They will pursue the sinner everywhere. They'll pursue the sinner in a strange land. They'll pursue the sinner where the sin was committed or where the sin was not committed. The awakened conscience will drive the sinner to put the worst construction on everything. Visiting a man one time in his dining room, he said, Pastor, I have lived for 30 years in agony, and I cannot die like I have been living. I said, why in the world didn't you confess it? He said, I didn't know how to confess it. Well, the Bible is clear. If we confess our sins one to the other, he will forgive us of our sins. Joseph here watched as these men had a, had a chance to see that their conscience was troubled. You asked the question this morning, how do we train our conscience? Now listen to me this morning and listen to what I'm going to say. We train our conscience not by the Constitution of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Newfoundland. We do not train our, our minds today by Jimmy Swagger Ministries. How about, I know you're going to be quiet this morning. Or preachers of years ago or today. Listen to me. There is only one person that can train our mind. And that is the eternal word of the living God. You and I need to be people of the book. People of the word. We need to know what the word says. Not what someone else says. We need to know the word. And once we know the word, our conscience will be pricked. And we will know. We cannot step into the bonds of our marriage. The Bible says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. We will not lie because the Bible tells us liars will not inherit the kingdom of God. We will not be covetous because the Bible tells us not to be. And our conscience will be pricked. And we will know by the word of God that we have been trained. We need to know the word of the Lord. Moving on this morning. I want to talk secondly about the transformation of character. Chapter 44, verses 18 to 34. Then Judah went up to him and said, Please, my Lord, let your servant speak a word to my Lord. Do not be angry with your servant, though you are equal to Pharaoh himself. Then he goes on to say, How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? Oh, one moment. Joseph is hearing from Judah, who sold him into slavery at 17 years of age. 
care about his life. Now, the same man who was willing to sell him and make him he was dead and gone forever was now saying, I cannot go home to my father if the boy does not go with me. I believe that once the conscience is pricked, once the conscience is awakened, once man and woman knows their need of repentance, there can and will be a transformation of character. No more talking about who I was this morning. Talk about who I am. Amen? It's about time the church started to stop talking about what people did yesterday and start talking about who they are today. I don't care what they did yesterday. If the blood of Jesus Christ transforms a character, they stand before God as though they have never sinned. What a reality this morning. And a truth from the Word of God. Oh, to Joseph. To Joseph, the child, the change he saw in Judah must have been amazing. He sold Joseph as a slave. And now he was willing to be a slave himself. So that his younger brother might be saved and his father saved from more heartache in old age. Just imagine, not only was he saying, I cannot go back without my brother. Not only can I let my father have this heartache, but I'm willing to be a slave in order for my brother to be saved and my father to be saved. Once the conscience is pricked, the transformation of character is possible and it can happen. I wonder how Joseph felt when he heard firsthand that his brothers talking like this about him. Sometimes God brings someone right to the brink of vindication. Can I say this morning, it is God's right to vindicate, not you and I. Amen. If it was, I would have vindicated a long time ago. But I'm glad to know that I am not the vindicator. God is the vindicator. And Joseph recognized, I have within my grasp the power to vindicate the wrong done to me. I have within my grasp the right to destroy these men and cause them the agony and pain that they caused me. But he lifted up his hand and he released the vindication and he said in his heart and in his mind, this is of God, I will leave it to God and God will take care of it. You imagine at those moments as he listened to those brothers, I'm glad there weren't too many cell phones because he, he would have added up taking it and putting it on Facebook for everyone else to see. Isn't that right? I know you're quiet this morning. That's the generation we're in. Everybody got their rights. Listen, I want to say this morning, we don't have any rights outside of Jesus Christ. Amen. Whatever rights I got this morning have been given to me from the cross of Jesus Christ. And don't get upset the next time someone cuts you off. You got no more right than he got any right. Do you hear me this morning? Our rights today come through Jesus Christ. Amen. Moving on in this message. You see, what determines then whether a man's sin catches up with him in his lifetime? The answer is it depends whether God chooses to deal with that person now. If God chooses to deal with us now, it means it won't come out of the judgment. Therefore, if our conscience is troubled now, blessed are we. And I want to remind you, and I want to remind myself this morning, every knee shall bow, say it with me, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible says in Corinthians, every man will give an account of himself to God. It is wonderful. It means God is dealing with us now. 
hurtful. But God is leading us along the path that we might become better disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 32 says, When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. Like Billy Graham once said, better now than then. If we think that we will be in agony over our sins, so be it. The sorrow and the agony of our sins will bring us into the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ to be disciples. Thirdly, today, I want to talk about the tears of compassion. We see the transformation of character. Here are these men who notably were now recognizing the deed that they had done. In the transformation of character, we see the tears of compassion. Let's read the Word of God as we read these verses again. Joseph turned away from them and began to weep. Deeply moved by the sight of his brother, Joseph hurried out and looked for a place to weep. Can I park here for a moment? Joseph could have allowed all of the Egyptians that were in the room in the surrounding area to hear what he was crying about. He could have said, do you see these good-for-nothing men? Do you see them? When I was 17 years old, just a lad, they were jealous of me. They put me in a pit, in a dark pit. They left me there until they sold me into slavery. They then told my dad, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. But what did he do? The Bible says he looked for a place to move. Mm. He didn't tell our ear is dirty laundry and everybody else. I believe we need to hear this this morning. Right. You're not going to get over your hurt by hearing your dirty laundry to everybody you want to hear. Because I'm going to tell you, all you're going to do is hurt yourself more. It's about time we got alone with God and said, God, I have been wrong. There have been things done to me that shouldn't have been done, but weep in the presence of God. And that's why Joseph was able to declare, they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I believe in divine reversal. There are people that may think they've done bad to us. Listen, God has the final word, and God has taken bad things and turned it around and blessed God's people with it. Do I hear an amen? amen. Joseph Stout thought that when he burned the Bibles in Russia, that it was going to be the end of the church. But little did Joseph Stalin know that when he brought in organized religion, it forced the church of Jesus Christ to be more on fire for God. And the underground church of Russia blossomed and bloomed because of the adversity. Therefore, we need to leave this with God. Deeply moved, he goes to cry. Bible says that he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept, and Benjamin embraced him weeping. And he kissed all his brethren, and he wept over them. The confirmation here is that God will forgive, God will forget, God will restore. But there has to be a point in our lives where we have to say, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. There's a new doctrine today. And it's erroneous. That we don't need to confess our sins to God was done at Calvary. Listen to me today. The whole book of Acts declares that the apostles went around preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And men and women confessed who he was. Because if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God hath raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. We still have to confess 
You cannot confess God before man. I will not confess you before my Father, which is in heaven, Jesus said. And we hear the word of the Lord. Joseph, through tears, held no bitterness, no resentment, but forgiveness. Joseph is finally convinced of the transformation of character. And he's willing to conceal what his brothers did to him. Just imagine. He is willing to conceal what his brothers did to them. So that they will not know who has hurt him or what they have done. Joseph was so well loved in the nation of Egypt that if he had said that, I'm convinced because he was so honored and loved that there would have been Egyptians that would have, been, would, would have executed them immediately. But Joseph recognized if God can bring a transformation in my life, he can bring a transformation in their life. That is what God is all about. Joseph's brothers, when the story was revealed, was filled with fear. Wouldn't you? Can you imagine? I'd say they were shaking in fear. They thought for sure that they were now in trouble. But Joseph showed the character that he possessed. And the character we see in Joseph is a character that we see in the Lord Jesus Christ that should be in every believer. I forgive you as God has forgiven me. Isn't that the Lord's prayer? I forgive my debtors, those who trespass against me. Joseph was a man who operated his life continually with a divine perspective. He saw the big picture. And though his brothers meant this for evil, God meant it for good. Joseph could have destroyed these men, hated them out, but he showed them mercy and grace. There were many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. That will stand. Here is Joseph. He could have been filled with hatred and revenge. But look what he does. He has his first son. Here's his first son, Manasseh. Do he look like Manasseh? And in Egypt, Egyptian custom, he would lay his hands upon Manasseh. And do you know what Manasseh means? Forget. 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 Then he got another boy here. <laughs> and he laid his hands on him. And that means fruitful in the land of my suffering. Here is a man who names his two boys. He doesn't deal with his hurts. He doesn't deal with his past. But he lays his hands on his boys. And he says, forget God. In the land of my suffering. Guess what? God is kind and compassionate, forgiving each other. And we need to do the same. The Ephesian, the writer to the Ephesians says, Just as Christ in God forgave you. So Joseph forgave and forgot. Musicians can return to the music and will close in momentarily. Here are his brothers. Their conscience is pricked. The pain of unconfessed sin comes before them. And they realize they need to be right with God and right with God. <coughs> Today you might think, but pastor, does God still want us to repent? Does God still want us to confess our sins? Indeed he does. My mother taught me when I was a boy. Be sure your sins will find you out. And I'm going to tell you it usually happened that way. I'm telling you the truth. Be sure your sin will find you. You out. Moving to the conclusion this morning, 
You see, when sin is unconfessed, we learn that it is not too far from our memory. But God has a desire that we should be free from guilt. We should be free from the past. And we need to confess it this morning. These brothers went 22 years seeing a bloody garment hanging in his dance hall. And every time they walked through the little house where their dad lived, they saw the bloody garment. There were no pictures. There were no memories. All hanging in the house was a bloody garment. And every time they passed it, oh my, what have we done? What have we done? What have we done? But God brings them to a moment where there is a troubled conscience. And they begin to say, look, we've carried this for so long, and now it's finally coming back on us. We knew it would, and now it's come back on us. Boy, didn't we deal with this before. But I want to say to you this morning, whatever you're hiding, whatever's in your closet, whatever skeleton is there, whatever unconfessed sins in our lives, God is merciful, just, and loving, and He will forgive us of our sins. He will send us on the right road, and we will live victorious with God. Oh, Pastor, do you really believe it? Yes, I do. Scripture tells us that God sent their sin and lawless acts I will remember no more. Now say it with me. No more. No more. No more. Will God remember our sin and our sinful action? The God who knows everything is able to forget everything. He chooses to forget. On their head has become a point of reconciliation to God, to man. They're the Egyptians. Joseph had asked to leave the room. We're probably lingering outside and wondering what's happening inside the door. What in the world is Joseph talking to those Hebrews about? What in the world is going on behind those closed doors? And all of a sudden, the door opens and Joseph walks out. And he says, My servants, you Egyptians, I want you to meet my brother. They're not men who sold me in slavery or ripped the garment off me and dipped it in blood. These are my brothers. And I'm sending them to get my father. And they're coming to Egypt with me. Can you imagine what God will do in a life that is transformed and confessing before God? Let's confess today who we are and who we need in Jesus' name. We're going to stand as we say. You're here this morning, you say, but Pastor, I need to confess my sins to God, just like Jennifer did this morning at this altar. I want you to come this morning. And maybe there's a believer here, and you recognize, yes, there's been some hidden sin, just like these brothers. I need to confess it here this morning, and I need to get rid of it. Will you come? Say, I need you, Lord, I need you. Tell you that the power of the gospel will transform your life. Let's stand as we sing
be honest before God. And there's things we need to confess to Him. We're giving you another opportunity. We know you're worried about your dinner. But before we leave this service, we're going to have a corporate prayer. That God would reveal to our hearts anything unlike Him. And we might repent of any sin that is unlike God. Let's sing it together. Show when you promise we sing.
thee, oh bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee, Pastor Grant is going to come and pray. And I'm going to read Psalms chapter 51 before we sing this together in praise. Have mercy upon thee, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, the only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Thou may be justified when you have spoken and be clear when you have judged. The old I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. The old thou desires truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to joy and gladness, and the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide in thy face from my sin, and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not my Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will I teach transgressors your way, and sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from my blood guilt, O God, thou God of my salvation. My tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth, and they shall show forth your praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I will give it. And thou desirest not in the birth offering. The sacrifices of God are of a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart of God that will not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure. Make Zion prosper. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then will be righteous sacrifices. Whole burnt offerings to you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Are you thankful that we are forgiven this morning? Let's break our hands together. Are you thankful?
us today. We thank you for your forgiveness today, Lord. Lord, if you forgive everything, Lord, when we confess it to you, God, I thank you, Lord, that you meet us where we are, Lord, and we don't have to go up to bring you down or you to come to bring you up. Lord, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you, oh God, will meet us with everyone where they are, dear God, today, Lord. Lord, should be there one here today, Lord, that do not know you as their personal Lord and Savior. I pray this would be the day, Lord, that they would call on the name of Jesus and ask you into their hearts today. God, for you, oh God, comes and you cleanses us from every sin. We thank you for that today. God, I pray right now as we go out, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to walk toward the faith walk today. Help us, Lord, I pray, every step that we take, you, oh God, will direct us. You will give us strength, Lord. We ask this in the name of Jesus, all God's people said. Amen. Amen. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you.